You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, this is Jason. And this is Peely. And you're listening to the Earn and Invest Podcast. I was drawing in a coloring book. I was in second grade, and my class was a mix of first and second graders, and they were all busy in their beginning readers. But I wasn't because I had a learning disability and I couldn't read. And I actually felt fairly stupid because everyone around me was progressing forward and I wasn't. Now, little did I know at that time, I had two separate tutors and they had talked to my teacher and decided that it would be too much for them to teach me separately in my separate sessions as well as in class. So I was coloring in a coloring book because they didn't want to stress me out, but I didn't know it at the time. And I can remember incredibly clearly the day my second grade teacher called me up in front of the class. I have no idea why she did this in front of the class and put a beginning reader in front of my face. It was something that the lowest level first graders were reading and I was in second grade. And she opened up the pages, pointed to a paragraph and I read it perfectly. So she removed the book and grabbed the next level up and opened it up, pointed to a paragraph, and I read it perfectly. We repeated the scenario like four or five times, and at the end of the day, I was back with my peers in a second grade reading level. And I remember this so clearly in my brain all these years later, See, I felt like at that moment, I was in the zone. Everything was working and I was performing at my peak. And as I got older, I've searched for those moments in life, whether it be in sports or academics or whatever it has been, I search for that same empowerment, that fleeting and ephemeral sense that seems to come and go, and then it's gone in a minute. So the question remains... How do we get in the zone each and every day? And speaking of living in the zone, want to learn how to manage your money better and in less time today? Jim Wayne created WallethHacks.com to help demystify money. For far too long, experts have made it complicated so they can make money off you. WallethHacks.com offers no products, no services, just information to help you become better with your money. And best of all, it's free. Check it out today at wallethacks.com. That's W-A-L-L-E-T.
H-A-C-K-S dot com and be sure to sign up for their free newsletter. Jason and Pili Yarusi are real estate entrepreneurs, mentors, and podcasters. They first came to my attention on Facebook where I became a fan of their live show, Second Cup of Coffee. Jason and Pili, it's so nice to have you on the show today. So good to be here. So honored. Thank you for having us. I was looking at your guys' Facebook feed this weekend, and Jason, you took a little jog on Saturday, didn't you? (laughs) Yes, sir. Yes, sir, I did. Yeah. You did a hundred mile virtual race? I did. Yeah. It was I I had done a few races prior that had been long races, hundred mile races, but this is the first one where I actually had to create the route, really just prepare my own because it turned into a virtual race about a month ago. Yeah. And, and how are you feeling today? You a little bit sore? I'm actually good. Um, I, I'll be honest. I worked out yesterday and worked out today. So I, I kind of went back into it. Had a real good solid race. Felt great. My fa- pace felt great with everything going on for sure. That is a huge goal, 100 miles. And Talk about being in the zone. It takes a lot mentally and physically to perform at that level and then to keep going back. It reminds me of your guys' story. Peely, I'm going to exaggerate here a little bit, but you guys like have 20 podcasts. (laughs) You like have a hundred different social accounts. You manage like a thousand doors in real estate. I mean, you guys are incredibly busy. Where does all the energy come to be involved in so many things? From each other and making sure we set up our days correctly every single day. Because I know those days that I don't set up myself correctly are those days that I do have less energy. Of course, we also have three kids on top of that. The door count was, was pretty close. Yeah. And we have two bulldogs that, and just we're kind of, we're just, we're just in love with life, really. We get energy from life and from each other and from everything that we do. We do things that we love to do. So why not be energized about it? And I love your story, by the way, your story that we begin we began this day with. It was just it's amazing. It's amazing. Jason, you guys clearly groove off of each other. Tell me what you were like separately when you came together, when you first met. Were you as motivated as you guys are now? I think driven, but but you can use motivation and drive and not have it really filtered correctly. So when you, when you find each other and you align on just really your life, your principles and where you are and where you want to go, it really becomes powerful. And for many years, the drive was there or the motivation was there, but when it's, it's just not properly allocated, it's like putting the wrong engine in in the wrong car. Yeah. It felt like we gave each other direction. Once we found each other, we gave each other the direction and more drive and more focus, if that makes sense to get where we're going. Peely was one of the first areas of focus for both of you together, real estate. Actually, no, we mm-hmm. met. We met in behind a bar in, in New York City. It was fantastic. We've actually known each other since 2003, but we only got together at like the ending portion of 2012. So it's been a wild ride since mm-hmm. then, an amazing ride. Once we decided to have children, which was a year later, not very long later, we, had a, we decided to have children a year later, and that sort of drove us 
took our lives out of New York City. I didn't want to be in the restaurant business anymore. And that's what drove us into real estate. His family owns a construction company, a large scale construction company. And it just seemed like the next step was to go into house flipping. So that's what we did. And I got my real estate license and it's been our direction professionally ever since. And Jason, it sounds like although real estate has been a big part of your direction, you guys have created quite imprint with social media too. I mean, I watch Second Cup of Coffee. That's what I see on my Facebook feed. But that's just one of many podcasts you guys are involved with. Tell me, can you list them out for me? Like, what are all the different (laughs) podcasts you guys are doing and the other social media platforms at the moment? Sure. So most of it's under the Jason and Peely project. That's like, we'll call that the channel. And then under that channel, we have, we have shows that align with it. And we started with the real estate podcast. It was the real estate investing foundation and multifamily foundation podcast, just because that, that was really the core line of business we were doing. But we quickly realized that we were talking a lot about tactical advice for fulfilling life. And just because real estate was that aspect, it was like we were trying to put uh, pigeon everything into this one hole where it, we kept just coming outside the box. So we said, we're, we're just really fighting the narrative. So let's open this up so we can really talk about mental fortitude, talk about in, in improving health and growing your wealth all at the same time. So the Jason and Peely project is really the overall hat, although we still have multifamily foundation of real estate under there, but it allows us to talk to entrepreneurs. Peely has uh, mothers of real estate where she talks to a lot of other moms, also mom entrepreneurs. And then now we can still do everything that really just aligns with really what we're trying to talk about in life. Peely, tell me about that moment when you guys kind of made that jump from, okay, we're real estate people to we're going to get into life motivation. We're going to get into drive. We're going to open up all these social platforms. Do you remember, was there like a discussion between you two where you're like, okay, we need to take this to a different level? We've had a couple of of those moments from the Real Estate Investing Foundation. Then when we had our aha moment and jumped into the Multifamily Foundation podcast, Mm -hmm. that's when we were like, okay, we're only focused on multifamily, everything multifamily. But we also, during those podcasts, we always talked about motivation. We always talked about what we're doing physically. So a few years down the road, when we were just like, we have these moments when Jason and I kind of look at each other and we're just Mm -hmm. like, it's time to, it's time to change. It's time to do something different. And we wanted to open it up again and just kind of talk about all and everything we wanted to. So we were hammering away. I was like, we're like, what are we going to call this thing? We're like different names came into our head, but then we're just like, okay, you know what? It's us. It's our brand. So Jason and Peely, and it's a project because we're always working on projects. That's what we call all of our, what we used to call our flips and this is what we call all of the, our business opportunities. They become our projects, things that we're working on and in. So the Jason Peely project was born, but it, it, always, it always comes out of a conversation between Jason and I mm-hmm. as to what is our next step? How are we going to up-level our life one more time, this next time and the next time? So it's just, it's, who's to know what, what, what it's going to look like a few years from now? Jason, I like this idea that it all falls under the umbrella of the Jason and Peely project. Can you tell me in a few sentences, what are your guys' philosophies? What is kind of that driving mantra that pushes most of your ventures? It is about really just a fulfilling life. And that can be a wide ranging term right there, but we just want to make sure that 
the days seem long, but, but they're really short, right? So if you have their overall landscape, you know, thousands of years, we're just here in just one little portion of this. And we could spend so many times thinking about it, but most of the time taking action, you may not find the right result, but we know from inactivity, you never get a result, right? And so for us, it's just that we sat in the sideline probably in many different forms or many different aspects and not taking action. And now we're not going to do that anymore. We, and we really preach that narrative to other people that you can do what you want. And it may not come in the version that you expect it, but you do need to take that step and put yourself outside your comfort zone to understand what else is being capable, right? So um, running 100 miles, if I was to say that, you know, 10 years ago, I probably, my mind probably wouldn't have been ready for it, right? But now, you know, to look at what it was on Saturday, I, I, there was no thing that I wasn't going to get it done. It was just, how was I going to get to the, get to the end? And that was something I was ready for, but that's like a lot we're doing our business. Um, things are not going to go perfect. Every day is not going to be pristine, but would it be worth if it was because we get the value from the day by learning from the mistakes we made and every day is not perfect. Right. You know, it's three kids, you know, businesses running, you know, family, all the other components that come in there, it's a complete pivot and evolution of, of your, of your life every day. But you just are trying to make sure you have your funnel of where you want to be. So when things do not go to plan or the plan does not continue as needed, that's okay. But we know where we need to go back to. So we can now say, here's the pivot. Here's our direction that can get us closer to where we want to stay. Ely Jason mentions kind of evolving and even saying, you know, five, 10 years ago, I could never have seen myself going and doing this hundred mile run. How do you think your guys' philosophy in general has evolved over the last five years? What are some of the main changes? Oh, so much. I mean, when we first got into multifamily, I had actually brought our first multifamily properties to the table. And that was, that's strange for me to do. I'm usually the person, I'm not one to bring the new idea to the table. So I was, I talked to another real estate investor and he was like, I have this thing. I was like, okay, I'll show it to my husband and my partner. So I showed it to Jason. He was like, okay, I mean, this is something we can look into. So these are a couple of properties in in Indiana. Indiana, thank you. I was about to say Louisville. These, these were in Indiana. And there were two, we ended up getting two duplexes in Indiana. And so we're doing fine. We're wondering if we're going to scale this up. And one day, Jason and I had this conversation. He's just like, well, if we can do this, couldn't we do like, 10 units, 50 units, 100 units. And my mind just kind of does this. Like, no, what? <laughs> Numbers, don't. Oh, too much, too much. And, but Jason's like, no, the people are actually doing this. Regular people are doing large multifamily. They're doing something called syndication. They're getting into it. So we got a mentor. And once I saw the first closing, I was like, okay. And that's actually when we jumped and started doing the multifamily foundation podcast. So I've definitely, like personally, I've opened up my, and this is actually also us growing as a couple. I've opened up my mindset. I'm not as stringent. I still have difficulty when it comes to like change, like big change, but this has helped me open up and realize that when big change comes, that I need to have an open mind about it. So that's one thing I've changed about myself probably in the last five, almost 10 years but in the last five years, I mean, we've grown so, so much. I mean, not only as a couple, but as a family. 
I've been until this past year, I've actually been pregnant or at, or with a small child throughout our entire real estate journey. So our family has grown, we've grown, and our businesses have grown too. Jason, let's talk about this mindset that Peely was just mentioning. You guys talk a lot about mindset and talk a lot about self-improvement. How do you go about it yourself? So you mentioned mentorship, looking for mentors, but tell me some of the things you guys have done to create the right mindset and how you've improved on your skills. It does rely a lot on setting your day up for success. I believe so many people put themselves in a position where you start your day and end your day and in ways that you have you have less ability to to get what you desire and get what you want because you're starting in a chaotic zone, right? So we, we do work and every day is not perfect, but we do work to get up early, have our time where we'll meditate, we'll do brain games, we'll do our affirmations, we'll do our workouts before the kids go, before life starts. So we can have a moment to set our mind right. In most parts, people get up, you know, they're in the mode of just activity. They, they run down, they're showering, they're late. They, you know, they maybe hit snooze a couple of times. They're out the door running. They're trying to eat breakfast, trying to catch on the emails. And then they're at work and then things are hitting them left and right. And next thing you know, the day is just taking its own turn and they're, they're reacting. They're not acting. And so the action now is set up by what's coming at them instead of them putting their mind in a place where they can start Fresh. And then the same way they're not ending their day right where, you know, watching TV too late or, or eating too late or, or, you know, drinking alcohol late into the night. So you're, you're starting the day blurry and you get used to that routine, if you call it, and you look back and five years have gone on, 10 years have gone on and, and you're not getting what you desire because you're not changing even ever so slightly what you're doing. So if the input's still going to be the same, the output's still going to be the same. And also on mindset, it's kind of like the story you told. Your teacher basically opened the book and said, read this. And you read it. You had somebody as in a mentor tell you, you can do it. I give you the permission to succeed. I give you the permission to read this paragraph. So like us, we found those people in our lives, those mentors in our lives that have told us, that have given us the permission to say, you can do this. You can do millions and billions of dollars in real estate if that's what you choose. Or you can read this simple paragraph. Sometimes that's all it takes is to have someone else tell you that it can be done instead of life, yourself, everybody else, strangers telling you that you can't do it. Have somebody in your life that will tell you that you can. Billy, tell me some of who those mentors have been, especially I'm interested outside of real estate. Because again, I think you guys have tons to say about real estate. But what's also interesting about you is it's much more about living life to its fullest with real estate being a component. So who have been the mentors? What have been the programs you guys have been involved in that have helped you develop this philosophy? So some of our biggest mentors like in real estate have been Joe Fairless. He's one of our biggest real estate mentors. We've had a business mentor in Trevor McGregor. We have had Greg, why is his name? Dickerson. Greg Dickerson. Mm -hmm. He's our current business coach. And just just following people and looking towards those people that are doing more and better Mm -hmm. than us and surrounding ourselves with those people and even surrounding ourselves, uh, ourselves with those 
peers. And, you know, in this time and age that we're, we're in, we're not able to go see them. But at those points, like surrounding yourself on, for instance, Facebook, who are you following on Facebook? Who comes up on your feed? If you have negativity posting on your feed all the time and you're reading that, that is how your mindset's going to go. So with Facebook, I've like engineered my Facebook where I have positivity quotes, positive people, people that I follow, like people who I know are going to put out Okay, Peely, be the, your best self. In fact, today I had one of my one of my friends, this amazing woman, Amanda Del Syed, and she is a fantastic realtor here in New Jersey. And she just sent me this amazing and positive, empowering text message this morning, just telling me how great Jason was doing, but how amazing it was about all the support that I was able to give him at the same time so he could run this fantastic race. Mm-hmm. And Jason's given me so much support no matter what. But just to hear that from from someone else that's like in my sphere, but not like not family, not somebody who, who, who I paid to coach, but just a friend texting me out of the blue and telling me what a good job you're doing. Those are the people that you need to have on your team. Jason, let's talk a little bit about investing in yourself. Business coaches, et cetera, that, that costs money. And many people are afraid to spend money on self-improvement. What have your experiences been? The experience lies in really when you don't want to spend money, or you do that you don't believe in yourself that it's possible. And the difficulty with success in a lot of ways is, is in many forms and in many natures, you start not believing you can do it, right? Because you haven't, haven't tasted it, right? Maybe you felt failure, you felt anger, you felt difficulty. So that's easier. If I was to say, doc, you know, tell me a time you were sad, right? You know, but if I was to say, Doc, tell me a time you, you won an Olympic gold medal, you, you can't. So if your goal is I'm going to win an Olympic gold medal, it's something that you haven't realized yet. So it's so far for you to get to. So you will ultimately decide, well, maybe I'll just go back to that fear thing or that, that upset thing or that hurt thing or that, that failure thing because it's, it's sometimes in many people's minds safer to stay with something that keeps you at average because fearing really failure is one thing, but most people fear success. And so when you talk about mentors, the the failure with mentors is that, do you have a plan with them? A mentor's role is not for me to say, Hey doc, come mentor me, give me everything, show me how to do it, do it for me, you know, put me to this new level. It's me to be able to come and use you to ask, ask the questions that I need, because you could tell me every piece of, of the puzzle, but if I'm not ready to accept it, to take it and to hear it, it's going to fall on deaf ears. And if I was to say, doc, I have the specific need in nature and you'd be able to give me that guidance. I can take that guidance and use it. That's where mentorship becomes valuable. So if you look at a dollar spent, if that dollar spent can make you $2, wouldn't you do that every time? If I gave you a dollar and you gave me $2 back, I would do that every time. And that's what mentorship can be because Ultimately, could I have probably figured out how to buy an apartment building? Yes, I could have. But would I have really probably taken 10 detours and had a sideline and had to take maybe three, four, five times longer to do so? Yeah, probably. Now, how much would that have cost? I don't know. I couldn't put that number to paper because it didn't happen. 
But in that front, my time becomes more valuable for me to say, let me learn how others are doing this successfully. And in, in most forms, we, in pride and in, in stubbornness, we want to decide to do it ourselves. So we'll push that narrative and push that narrative. And it's like when you have a wall in front of you and you're, tr- you're, you're like, I need to get to the other side. And you're so blinded by, I'm going to do this myself. I'm going to show everyone that you'll keep pushing that wall and pushing that wall and pounding that wall and pounding that wall. And you'll, you'll finally get to the other side and you'll, you'll, you'll finally look left and right just to realize that there was a door one foot to the left <laughs> and you didn't just look up because you said, I'm going to do this, right? Well, that's lots of times where mentorships can provide this. Just look up, look to the left. There's a door right there. Just open up that door, lead you right to where you want to be. And when we talk about using what's around us, because you can find mentorship. Do you always have to pay for it? No, there, there's, it's also a point here where the internet, I, you can find everything you want out there. It's all available, but you now have to do that digging too. And so if you had this perfect thing where I would just come say, doc, I'm looking for ABC and you're, and you're able to lead me down the path there. Great. But if maybe you don't have those sources, you can find anything by going on the internet. But where this becomes tricky is that most stop because they'll put something in and not get the right result. But where the issue is and where the underlying nature is, is that your result is only based on your input. So if I go on Google and I say burrito and I put burrito in there, it's going to give me the definition of burrito. But if I say I want the best burrito in my county that you know has XYZ, that's going to lead me to a desired result. Well, that's just like anything for your life. If you start to learn to ask better questions, just like you for, you, for your show, you ask great questions. So you, you will get a better answer when you ask a good question. But if, I had, if, I, if you just came to me and said, Jason, tell me about Tuesdays. Like there, there's not really desired result there. It's just Tuesdays. It's a day. It's part of the week. It ends in Y. But it's not giving you something to give you a result of what you're looking for. And I'm constantly in a search to ask better questions. If I believe that there's a yes there or there's, a, there's an answer to have, I will keep going for it because I, I, I just, I know that it's, it's, it's not so much the person that's telling me no. It's either I'm at the wrong person. I'm not asking them the right question. It's easier for them to tell me no, or I'm ultimately asking the wrong parameter of the question. So when mentorship can come in there, you know, can mentorship fail? Sure. Yes. There's always the other side. There's always the, the reason why it can't, but why can't we just talk about the reasons that it can? And if you would take, 35, 40,000 thoughts a day, and you look at your thoughts, are you patterning your thoughts on the effect that you're finding reasons why you can't instead of reasons why you can? And when you start to change the narrative and start to say today, I can, or start saying yes, when you immediately think to say no, well, that's a lot what you can do using mentorship, using yourself to really just start changing your path. Yeah, there's several great points that you made. One is that mentorship gets you there faster and with less pain. Mm-hmm. Maybe you end up at the same destination, but you can utilize your resources for other things while you're getting there faster. Two is mentorship a- teaches you how to ask the right questions, which I think yeah. is, is a huge point. And last but not least, in this wonderful digital world that we live in, uh, mentorship doesn't have to necessarily be paid for. There are a lot of free platforms out there. There are podcasts. There are communities and coaches who are excited to engage 
and talk with you. So I can't agree with you more, the role that mentorship plays. And clearly, it sounds like in your lives, it's helped you speed forward and achieve things much faster than you would have otherwise. You ultimately understand the big result you want, right? So if I said, I want to buy an apartment building, it's me, a building, and somewhere in between money, right? But where you use mentorship is when there's these little things that can sideline you like some archaic rule in the Securities and Exchange Commission that you've never heard of before and you think it's a massive result, a massive thing, right? And so, so we have all these points where we think it's a massive thing where you have this mentor and you text them and they text you back and within three minutes you're back on track where if you didn't have that person on your side for this little thing that's just so, so and you'll, you'll probably never need it again, but you just needed that one moment. Well, now you're back on track instead of digging where you can't figure out how to ask the right question for three, four, five weeks. And you, people will give up at that point because you're saying, oh, this must be something so important. I can't find it where you look back and it's really it's a mute point. But because you couldn't figure out that answer right at that point, it becomes monumental and will stop you along your goal. Jason, we've talked about investing in knowledge and investing in yourself that way. But you guys also really speak to investing in your health. Tell me the role physical fitness plays in this overall story of mindset and achievement. We've always been active. The, the thing with, you can do all this stuff to achieve what you want, but if you don't have the body and you don't have the, the, the mind to go with it, I mean, what, what good is it going to be, right? So I, I don't want to spend all this time to get the time back with my children and then not be healthy enough or not be, you know, with their, they'll have the mind to be there present with them. Right. I want to make sure that I'm aligning myself so I can be in healthy as nature to provide the best for my family. I don't want to be a detriment. I want to be someone who can, who can use this because we're all going to live longer. We're all going to have longer ways. They're going to keep creating ways that we, we will be around for longer. So you want to have the best vehicle to be able to perform. Right. So if you're not giving your body the right fuel, you're not uh, keeping your body conditioned, you're not keeping your mind sharp. Well, then ultimately you're going to be limited on what you can produce and how long you can do it for. So it's easier for us to set up right to have the energy. It is just like you said, it's just as important, if not a little bit more so, I think. I mean, yes, you have to have your mind correct. You have to have your mind there. But sometimes it's the physicality. We're given these bodies. We're just not, we're not just spiritual and mindful creatures, but we were giving these bodies to use and take care of. So why not take care of it in the best of your abilities? Push your body to a limit. Have you, did you talk about 75 hard? I did not. <laughs> 75 hard is one of, one of my favorite favorite subjects to talk about because it, it was one of the key things that kind of brought my, back my physicality in, in a really, really rounded and good way. I needed some rules and this program gave us a set of rules to do and a time period to do them in. And if we didn't do the rules exactly to the T, we failed. And everybody thinks of as failure as it's a bad thing. It's actually one of the best things that you can do because in failing, you learn. So because we had each other as accountability, we were able to keep ourselves on this amazing, amazing progress. So this actually helped me not only get back my physicality, but do it in a way that kept me strong and active. 
And it wasn't about losing weight and dieting and all this other stuff that people do on a daily basis and what we're taught to do. It was about being healthy and staying that way. Jason, right now, it's a very hard time for many people. With the pandemic and recession, many people feel stuck in their houses. They are mentally as well as physically out of shape. Maybe they're struggling with their jobs. They're struggling to make money. What do you tell people in the midst of all this? Like, What is the first step to getting control of your power and to take control in your life, in your physical fitness? How, how do you start? Right there, you said, you know, taking, you know, you, they, they've lost power, lost control. And when you think about that, that they do have that. You have the ability to, to control what you say, what you think, what you do and how you feel. And it may not be the best of times, but you still can look at it and say, do I have clean water? Can I breathe? Do I have children that smile? Do I have healthy parents? They're, they're, when you start looking at things and just finding the good, even if it's very slim right now, that's going to allow you just the glimmer of hope that's going to lead you to find that next good point and that next good point and that next good point. So instead of stacking on the layers of what's wrong and looking at that and saying, okay, this and that, yes, they might not be ideal right now. But if all your attention is finding what's wrong and not looking at the good and the solutions to find more good, then you will not be able to change the course. And so if you're short on capital right now or you're, or you're having you know, some family help, that, that, that is not a desired feeling. But dwelling on that will, will not change the narrative. It will not give you anything of a new thought to get you away from that. And that's your goal right now is to find the good and then find more ways for you to really create the roadmap from where you are to where you want to be. Yeah, it reminds me of that saying that every long journey starts with a single step and this power of incremental gains. And sometimes those incremental gains have to start really, really, really small, especially when you're feeling very bad so that you can then build on them. Well, if you look at working out, most people fail because they say, I, I want to lose 30 pounds in a, in a month or I want to go run a marathon. But, and they set these big things, but that's wonderful. I, you know, I want to climb to the top of you know, this, this giant mountain. But you forget that none of that can be accomplished without figuring out that first actionable step. Peely, let's talk about children. I think you mentioned that you have three. We heard one or two of them in the background. What do you think this journey you guys have taken as a couple, how has it influenced your bringing up the kids? Well, we're trying to instill every night. Okay. Trying is the wrong word. We are instilling everything that we learn on a regular basis. Even the word trying or the word just, we're trying to remove those things out of their vocabulary. If you want to do something, we tell our children, if you want to do something, don't try to do it. Just do it. For instance, with Jason's race, once he made the decision, I was like, well, then it's already done. It's already done. We have that mindset. If there's something we want to get done, then we have the mindset of it's already done because we're visualizing the goal in the future. And this is what we're trying to instill in our children. And we're also trying to instill like fun and play and making being healthy and being physical and being active 
fun, not making it a chore. It's not a chore to go play basketball or baseball or soccer or to go run outside for however long they want. We want to make sure that our children know that being healthy is fun. It'll keep you here longer. It'll keep you with mommy and daddy as for as long as you want, just as long as you make it fun for them. And we're also trying to make sure that they know that mommy and daddy, that they are mommy and daddy's first and foremost important things in our life. So everything we do, we do for us and them and the fam- and our family that we are trying to grow and we're trying to prosper. So, and children have been such an important part of our lives since, you know, once we decided we're going to be together, done, we're going to have a child done. So we, we make these decisions and it was like, it didn't take very long until our first child came into, into the picture. So they have been part of this journey from the very beginning. We wouldn't be, and that's why I put together moms of real estate and mothers of multifamily because being a mom, being a parent has been so key in everything that I've done professionally. Jason and Peely, I recognized your message very early in seeing you on social media. And one of the reasons is you guys really seem to live in that space, that zone, that place of high achievement, but you do it in a way that doesn't look hurried or stressful or chaotic. You do it in a very joyful way. And it's been a pleasure to watch. If other people are interested in your message, Jason, where can they find you on the internet? Sure. You go to the Jason and Peely Project. Uh, Peely is P-I-L-I. You will find us. We are out there. This has been the Earn and Invest Podcast. On behalf of myself, Doc G, I'd like to thank Jason and Peely Yerusi. That's a wrap. In the first half of the show, Jason and Peely talk about living in the zone joyfully. After the break, we have a conversation with Diana Miriam about her upcoming webinar. But first, this episode is brought to you by Range Rover Sport. Range Rover Sport leads by example. With a visceral, uncompromising, and dramatic feel, this car helps you rise to the occasion. How does it do that? Range Rover Sport has powerful on-road performance and commanding all-terrain capability by combining assertiveness with signature Range Rover refinement. This is the car that redefines sporting luxury. The new Range Rover Sport features advanced cabin technologies such as active noise cancellation and cabin air purification, purposeful cockpit-like driving position, and award-winning PIVI Pro infotainment is at the heart of the experience and provides intuitive control of the vehicle systems. Design your Range Rover Sport at LandRoverUSA.com. Once again, explore and build your Range Rover Sport at L-A-N-D-R-O-V-E-R-U-S-A.com. That's LandRoverUSA.com. Want to learn how to manage your money better and in less time today? Jim Wayne created WalletHacks.com to help demystify money. For far too long, experts have made it complicated so they can make money off you. WalletHacks.com offers no products, no services, just information to help you become better with your money. And best of all, it's free. Check it out today at WalletHacks.com, that's W-A-L-L-E-T-H-A-C-K-S.com, and be sure to sign up for their free newsletter.
So I'd like to welcome back Chief Economist Diana Miriam. You know her from the Economy Conference. She is going to have a webinar on flexibility. That's going to be November 1st at 12 p.m. Eastern time. But before we talk about all of that, Diana, what is up with these made-up words, economy <laughs> and flexibility? It it doesn't stop, right? Well, I think it all stems from, you know, I've got this weird spelling to my name. And so since birth, I have just been into misspelled words. So it's, I've been making them up ever since. It's like your brand. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They just come to me. <laughs> we are going to talk about this webinar, which I'm really excited for. But before I do, I cannot but mention the fact that you've got a new podcast gig, at, which puts you higher up on the charts than earn and invest. Thank you. You want to tell everybody that about that? Oh my gosh. Yeah. I, I feel like I am just ridiculously fortunate. It's a little obnoxious because people had been telling me for a while after I went on the whole podcast parade, I think I did 17 podcasts in promoting economy. And it was actually like the for me, the most satisfying and most effective way to promote the conference, frankly. Um, all of my other marketing tactics pretty much fell flat. Um, but I saw this post in the FinCon community of, you know, these guys looking, uh, the guys from Optimal Living Daily, they have six shows in their network and they were looking for a new host for Optimal Finance Daily. And this show gets 300,000 downloads per week. I mean, it's been around for five years and it's it's a pretty straightforward concept. I'm, I'm reading articles from personal finance blogs and then I'm offering my own commentary on it. But to me, it was just such a perfect fit because I'm trying to get past this, but I don't really think of myself as a content creator. I think of myself as someone who created a literal stage for content creators. Um, and, and I'm trying to challenge myself to get over this imposter syndrome and, and see that, you know, I do have something to say in this space and I just need to let my, not let my insecurities hold me back, I guess. But when I saw that I could, you know, read it's, it's basically curation type podcast and I had done a reading for Stacking Benjamins because you know how sometimes they you know have people record. Yeah, for I, that was on, I was segment. on that episode. Thank you. Yes, I was part of the panel. Yes. Oh, okay, very good. But he asked me to do that on a. Joe asked me to do that on the fly, and I remember I was having a really bad day, and then he said, "Hey, I'm looking for someone to read this article. Would you mind recording this for me?" And I thought, "Oh, Joe's so great. I just want to help him out." So I did it, and I had so much fun doing it. There is really something to it. It's like voice acting. You know, you have to really have that intonation and make your voice sound interesting because it's hard to listen to someone reading. I know sometimes I have difficulty listening to audiobooks if it's too like mundane. So you do have to have some good inflection in your voice. And um, there is something creative about it. And I'm just loving it. Absolutely loving it. It launched October 1st. And you know, I'm I'm getting exposed to things that are a little bit over my head sometimes, frankly. So when I'm putting together my commentary, I do additional research. I ask people who know more than me um, to kind of help me out as I'm absorbing these articles. But it's exposing me to other content creators. It's just it's been fantastic, and the guys over at Optimal Living Daily are absolutely wonderful to work with. So I'm very excited about the podcast. Yeah, it can't be underestimated the importance of the read, especially for a podcast like this, because the way you actually read the content 
definitely can add to the enjoyment or make it sound incredibly boring. Um, mm-hmm. And that's something I've noticed with the stories I tell in Earn and Invest is there is a certain amount of acting involved that can really beef up what you're saying. So it's really cool you're doing that. I think you have a great voice. I've Thank been you. lucky enough to have you on this podcast a few times as well as see you on the economy stage. And I think the MC is a great role for you. Thank um, you so much. In a sense, I think that's what you're doing this podcast too, is like you're bringing the content forward, you're emceeing the conversation, and then you're giving some of your thoughts at the end. Uh, so I think it's very fitting with what you do and really excited that, that uh, you've gone in that direction. I think it's a, a really good look for you. Thanks so much. I like to describe it as all of these uh, bloggers wrote these great songs and I get to like perform the covers. (laughs) I like that. So let's transition a little bit to this webinar. Phi Lexibility. It's a one woman show. It is. And it's a little strange for me because again, I've been shy about content creation, even though I have people around me pushing me to do it. And the idea for this webinar was really one of my mentors, you know, we're talking about, you know, how do I get myself out there? How do I continue to grow my audience? How do I, you know, um, build my mailing list, that kind of thing. And she just talked about how webinars have been really effective for her. And I thought, yeah, I don't know if I really want to do that. You know, I was really kind of hemming and hawing around it. And then I wrote this talk for Camp Phi back in July. And it was about this concept I'm calling Phi Lexibility. And it was pretty well received. So I thought maybe I should make this accessible to a broader audience. It seemed to really resonate with the people at camp. So I thought, what the hey? <laughs> let me let me give this a go. And I just started promoting it like a couple days ago and 50 people already signed up. And I like I thought it was just going to be me and my mom. <laughs> <laughs> so your so mom ag- like, wow. so your mom agreed already. <laughs> yeah, my mom was going to be there. Um but yeah, it really stems from me seeing my mindset shift over time on my own financial journey. So when I think about 5 years ago, I'm getting out of debt. And I needed to have this mindset shift to prioritize saving over spending. I needed to be more conscious about my money. And through my 20s, it was always this thing that I'm going to figure it out later. I'm going to be making millions one day. I'm going to figure it out then. And I needed to have this mindset shift to, to see that my debt is important now. If I can't manage $1,000, I'm not going to be able to manage a million dollars, right? These are, this is a skill set that I need to build over time versus just kind of putting it off till later. And it led me to you know, go through this whole process of reducing my expenses, growing my income, getting out of 30 grand of debt in 11 months. It really fueled this level of creativity and resourcefulness that I didn't know I had. It was incredibly gratifying. And it got me to the point that I'm now saving 60% of my income, right? And so that mindset shift was super important. However, when I've gotten now to a place of more financial stability, thinking about how I'm seven years from financial independence, I'm feeling this urge for another mindset shift. I'm not sure that that um, 
drive I had at the beginning is going to sustain me the entire time, right? Because it it felt like a sprint. It felt like a sprint to get out of debt. And it was such a satisfying experience. And I'm challenging myself for my whole FI journey to be that satisfying. And I think that requires another mindset shift. And so, you know, in theory, I could continue to try to reduce my expenses and grow my income. I could, I can continue on that path. I just think that the challenge of that has diminishing returns over time as far as satisfaction. I'm actually at a point where I'm happy with my 60% savings rate. I don't really feel an urge to grow it to 70% because what that results in is, yes, me reaching five faster, but I keep questioning what I'm running towards, right? Like, I don't think that there's a big celebration when you reach five. So, I just keep finding myself pausing and saying, what if there are benefits in the pursuit? You know, I, I kind of wonder if the the goal of FI or the best part about FI isn't even reaching it. It's actually pursuing it. And so that's what opened up my mind to this idea of FI flexibility because I think it's about a couple of things. Adaptation, right? For the things that life throws at you. So a big push for us to become financially stable is because we want to guard against the stuff that life throws at us, whether it's, you know, an illness, a job loss, something affecting your income. And, you know, we, we create these safety nets for ourselves and that's awesome. But what about the opportunities that life throws at us? I think sometimes when we're so focused on reaching five, we miss these gifts along the way. And these are gifts to learn about ourselves. So for example, I took two months off of work unpaid to go walk the Camino. And I know I've talked about that on your show in the past. And if I was solely focused on reaching five as fast as possible, I wouldn't have given up two months of income, right? Because that delays my path. Or starting my own business with the economy conference. I mean, that originated as something that I would want to do if I was financially independent. This is what I might want to do with my time. I got so excited about it that I couldn't wait. And so I did it now. But I'm so glad that I did it now because having an income while I started this business allowed me to take risks that I probably wouldn't have if I was financially independent and didn't have this income coming in. If I think about where I netted out and taking a huge personal financial loss on the first year of the conference, I think if I was financially independent, didn't wasn't able to float that, I would have said, okay, well, ticket sales don't cover my expenses. We just have to cancel the event. This isn't this isn't going to happen. It's not sustainable. Whereas in my position now, I'm like, hey, I really believe in this. I want to build this over time. I can float it for a year or two. We're talking financial independence. FI or fire financial independence retire early. What you've just said brings up so many ideas in my head. One of the first is that usually in years previous, when we had someone who put on a webinar or talked to us about financial independence, it was usually someone who had already gotten to financial independence. And they would say something to the extent of, it was horrible. I had to work really hard. I really hated work. So then I got to this number and stopped. What I love about what you're doing is you're still in the arena, so to speak. You are in the midst of it. And what we're finding is that more and more voices of people who are not there yet, but are on their way, are changing the narrative. And part of that change is to say, 
maybe getting to that goal, that financial independence, that net worth number that I thought was so important. I've gotten so much joy of getting my life in order and making a plan to get there that it's not worth being unhappy now to get to this later goal when I'm finding so much joy where I am. And so this adaptability, this flexibility you're talking about is actually pushing people away from getting to financial independence as quickly and instead forming a glide path such that their investments and their savings does it for them automatically and they can be happy and enjoy life now and start doing those things like walking the Camino or like having the economy conference. It's really a major point. As you said, the economy conference, part of the reason why you could do it and be confident is you still had an income coming in. Mm -hmm. So you didn't have to worry about the fact that maybe this would take away from your retirement balance that was funding your life. Correct. Yeah. I mean, I think the other reason why I'm exploring this idea of flexibility is I really question how good I am at knowing what I want. I think I know what I want, but then I'll experiment with those ideas and turns out a lot of times I'm wrong. Right. So one example I like to give is I used to think that I wanted to sing. Um, you said I have a nice voice. Thank you very much. You do. Um, <laughs> But I, it really stemmed from when I was walking the Camino, I would pass the time a lot by singing. And it was very therapeutic on the, the trail. Maybe singing is a strong word. Maybe it was more like wailing. Um, <laughs> but but it re I really enjoyed it. And I, I, I've always had this thing in my mind ever since I was little that I wanted to do some, be a performer in some way, right? Like I've been in music. I've done, you know, the stand-up comedy. There, you know, even economy, there's a performance element to it. This new podcast, there's a performance element to it. And so that's always kind of been ingrained in me. And I think I have a lot of um, experimenting to do to figure out where's that right fit. And so when it came to singing, you know, I, there was a school of rock that opened at uh, like right down the street from my house. And it felt like a sign from the universe. Like you said, you wanted to sing. Here you go. We're putting this music school right here. It's like five minute walk from your house. So I joined the school of rock. A lot of people think it's for kids, but they do have an adult program. And <laughs> I do this program and it's four months. I had to sing every day. I had a music coach. I was in this band that, you know, we practice once a week and it ultimately resulted in me singing seven songs in front of about a hundred people in our ending performance. So here's the thing. When I imagine myself singing on stage in my mind, I'm imagining these feelings I think I'll feel when I'm up there, but then actually being up there, I didn't feel the way that I thought I was going to feel. That was an assumption that I had of what that would be like, right? And so I had to test that assumption to see where what's the reality here? Is this a fit for me? And so I ultimately decided that I'm not sure that singing is something I want to take seriously because I felt more relief than the way I thought I would feel once it was all over. And, you know, even, the same thing happened with stand-up comedy. You know, I, I didn't feel the way that I thought that I would feel. And so what makes me nervous about pursuing financial independence and like waiting to test these assumptions until I get there is that I'll have a rude awakening about how I think I want to spend my time. So 
this financial bandwidth that I have now with this high savings rate is an incredible opportunity for me to experiment with how I want to use my time, whether it's artistically, whether it's through entrepreneurship. Um, you know, these are big questions to ask. And we're in a very fortunate position when we have these high savings rates to ask these big questions. And I just don't want to miss that opportunity. I've often said that one of the superpowers of financial independence is it really gives you the time and ability to pursue your own unique purpose, identity, and connections. And the truth of the matter is identity is who you are. It might take you a long time to find that, but it doesn't really change. And your connections change from time to time. But the truth of the matter is your purpose can pivot as many times as necessary. And one thing that I've learned in my journey is you don't have to find your ultimate life purpose immediately and your what you think is your ultimate life purpose can change and the joy is going after it. Yeah. And so there's nothing wrong with that. Like your purpose in your 30s may be different than your purpose in your 40s, which may be different than your purpose in your 50s. And that doesn't take away from the importance of what you're doing at the time and how much joy it brings you and how much it fills you up. And it took me a long time to realize that. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I think, again, it goes back to these gifts that we're seeing along the way and just me really wanting my whole five journey to feel like how it felt getting out of debt. That was just the most satisfying part of my journey and how challenging it was, but in a good way. It was fun. It was creative. You know, I just... I don't want to feel stagnant until I reach this magnet, like magic number. And then all of a sudden feel the weight of like figuring myself out. Right. I, I think I've got the bandwidth to figure it out along the way. Yeah. It reminds me of this idea that what joy actually is, is making headway towards a goal. It's like getting closer to a goal mm-hmm. and that can be financial independence, but that's only one of many goals you can pursue. And so you can be joyful when you're working towards being a singer and then realize you don't want to do it later. Or you can be right. joyful in working towards, you know, becoming a stand-up comedian. Let's get into some of the nuts and bolts of the webinar. So who do you expect to show up to this and what can they learn? So, I mean, I think it's really for anyone that is looking for these kind of mindset shifts that I'm experiencing on my path to FI. So when you get over the excitement of first figuring it out and you're a little bit more into your journey and you're looking for some more inspiration and and some more thought-provoking content on what are those gifts that this lifestyle is opening up for you and, and what can you learn about yourself? I definitely say that it would appeal to that kind of person. I'm going to give a lot more examples like I did here uh, on this podcast of, of really kind of using myself as a case study and to kind of give you background on my journey, where I'm coming from, and all of these things that I'm trying along the way and what I'm learning about myself in hopes that it would inspire you to test your own assumptions on you know what you think you want to do with your time. And really questioning what are you striving for when it comes to striving for FI? Because I I think that financial independence, as much as it is defined as 25 times your yearly expenses, I think it could also be seen as a mindset, just like success, right? Their success could be seen as 
a destination. People objectively see that, you know, from the outside, you made it to a place that looks like worldly success. But if you don't feel successful, whether you've reached the, what other people define as success or not, then what's the point, right? I think, I think we need to be able to kind of celebrate where we are every step of the way and feel the benefits of financial independence even before we reach it. And Diana, how much will participants have to pay for this incredibly important material they're going to be receiving? It is 100% free. 100% free. Is the name of the, the webinar Philexible? Yeah, it's called Are You Philexible? And you can register through Eventbrite. I believe that you have a link to it, Doc G. I don't know if you're going to be able to put that in the show notes. Um, I know you've already posted it on Facebook. But if you go to Eventbrite and you just search economy, and that's M-E at the end, not M-Y, um, it'll pop right up. And also, is there a link on the economy website? There isn't a link on it now. This is very much an experiment for me, right? This is my first webinar. And so um, I'm just kind of seeing what happens, who shows up and and how it's received before I go real heavy handed on the promotion. <laughs> so are you flexible? A question that maybe we should all be asking ourselves. Thank you, Diana Miriam, Chief Economist. I can't wait to hear about the webinar and hope you get lots and lots of participants. It is sure to be a great listen. And will people be able to participate too and ask you questions and be involved? Yeah. So it's going to be through Zoom. Um, The first part of the presentation is me kind of telling my story, giving you food for thought, and then we'll open it up for questions and, and have a little bit of interaction there as well. So you can choose to have your camera on or not, but it'll be pretty informal. Check it out. It will be a do not miss event. And of course, we will have links on the episode notes for this episode. Diana Miriam, thanks for showing up. Thanks so much, Doc. I did mean what I said. You guys really seem to get the fullest out of life but do it in a, in a really positive, joyful way. And I don't think we see enough of that. I think when we see what you guys do, we see a lot of people who are just too extreme and they don't look like they're actually enjoying themselves. <laughs> oh, no. Well, give, give them our phone number. We'll help them. <laughs> um, is there anything we can do to help you? Is there anything uh, we can... So when I get this edited up, I will send it to you. And... When it does come out, if you can push it through your social media channels, etc. Um, and if you listen to the podcast and enjoy it, just let people know. That's the biggest thing is is word of mouth. It's getting bigger and bigger. Our downloads are going up and up. So that's Good. awesome. Great for you. Word of mouth. Thank you. Doc. If I can, if I can, if you want to write this down, we'll we'll go and write and review as well. Yeah, we know that helps. Up. Awesome. Actually, that definitely helps. So I yeah. appreciate that. Always don't got it. don't forget to ask. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. As a longtime foreign correspondent, I've worked in lots of places. 
but nowhere as important to the world as China. I'm Jane Perlez, former Beijing bureau chief for The New York Times. Join me on my new podcast, Face Off, U.S. versus China, where I'll take you behind the scenes in the tumultuous U.S.-China relationship. Find Face Off wherever you get your podcasts.